Thanks so much for being along with us this morning. It is Ken, Jared, and also we have joining us this morning, Jen Pollock-Michelle, who is with us. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that so much. So it seems like um, time, not only is it an important thing in our lives, because we're only given so much time by the Lord, (laughs) you know, He only gives us so much time, but it also seems like so many people treat it as a commodity, Jen. Mm -hmm. And so talk about the way that we should be looking at time as opposed to maybe just a commodity. It's so interesting. I mean, if you really kind of look at the verbs that we use with time, it it just betrays how we think about it. You know, mm-hmm. we save time, we waste time, we invest time. Right. Um, and, you know, we might get closer to a biblical vocabulary when we think about stewarding time. And I think one of the things that we have to do, first of all, is just to say that time is not ours to control or to manage. And so just receiving time as a gift from the Creator. Mm -hmm. And so when we go back to the story in Genesis, we realize that time is a part of the created world, a part of the good creation before the fall, evening and morning, the first day, the second day. And then knowing that God, you know, worked six days and rested on the seventh. So we have time in creation before the fall, so it's a good, but it's not a good that we control. First of all, we've just got to receive it from the hands of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, Jen, what got you onto the topic of time and thinking about it from a deeper perspective? That's a great question. I have been a reader of time management books for 30 years. I'm 48. Uh-huh. I have five children. Um, and I, you know, have worked, you know, not in always when my kids were young, but, you know, projects here and there as a writer, as an editor, I'm married to a really busy man who, you know, <laughs> did an actuarial, um, you know, designation and then a graduate degree. And so like time has just always been scarce in my life mm-hmm. as I think for so many people. So I was always searching for more time. And I was thinking, I think, that my main problem was busyness. Like, if I could just solve my busyness. Well, then we entered into the pandemic. And suddenly, like, we weren't as busy as we thought, we, as we had been previously. Sure. And guess what? Like, my problems around time were not solved. I still had anxiety. And I realized um, that I needed to search for some better answers. And that's when I started to just really pray about my anxiety search the scriptures, and just, you know, do some learning. Yeah. So when you look at time, you give eight habits, eight habits for re-imaging productivity. Mm -hmm. So first of all, let's kind of go through a couple of those and explain a few of those for us, would you? Yeah, sure. I mean, the first one is to begin. And I think when we look at the scriptures, we see God as the great beginner, you know, and in Christ, new beginnings are always possible. And so this is a way to reimagine the past. I think a lot of times for so many people, me included, we look at the past and maybe we see mistakes or sin or suffering, and we think that is always just going to determine the future. It's going to foreclose on my future. Certain Mm. things are never going to be possible. And so the first habit is just to step into the landscape of hope and to see that God is a beginner, and that His mercies are new every day. And what a hope for believers. Um, And so the second habit is receive, as I've already talked about. You know, give up on the idea that time is yours to control. 
um, again, set against the backdrop of the pandemic, we knew that, you know, time wasn't ours to control. Suddenly we're put into a crisis that nobody gets to determine. And so receiving time, receiving Mm. the length of our days, receiving the limits of our days, Mm -hmm. receiving the interruptions, you know, receiving the invitations that God gives us in this one life that we have to live. So those are the first two habits. You can tell me if you want me to keep going. <laughs> uh, I, one of my questions for you, Jen, uh, as you have been going through this process, because uh, I don't want to give give it all away because I want people to go through the book with you. Um, have you have you found a, uh, a hero, so to speak, uh, that's modeled this well? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting way to put the question. Um, I mean, in the one, on the one hand, I want to say the hero's journey is really not the Christian life, right? Um, and, and I will say it this way, that, you know, to be human is to often feel very frail. And I think one of the things about time, and especially time in today's landscape, the modern world where we have so many choices, is that we can feel paralyzed by those choices. Mm. Like we don't always enter into the day, the week, the year with all the certainty of like what we imagine a hero might feel like. I have a destination. I have a calling. I know what to do. And I really don't think that all of us feel that way. And I think if we don't feel that way, that's okay. I think that's the condition of time today. Mm-hmm. I would say that there's a historical monk, and so many people might be familiar with him, Brother Lawrence, sure. um, who really said, you know, what I'm going to do in this life, this one life I'm going to be given, that I've been given, I'm going to practice the presence of God. I'm going to enter every moment as if I'm in conversation with God at all times. Mm. And so it's this radical re-looking at life. So it's not just, you know, my spiritual life is what I do on Sunday mornings or what I do maybe in the morning when I have my uh, quiet time or devotional, you know, to read Scripture and to pray. My spiritual life is actually my whole life. And so when I Mm. wash dishes, I'm communing with God and thinking about how I can please God in that. When I'm changing a diaper, when I'm writing an essay, when I'm calling a customer service representative, (laughs) I mean, is there anything more frustrating than that? (laughs) That I can be in communion with the Creator God who made me, who loves me, and calls me to belong to Him. And so Brother Lawrence is just He's also one of the things I think that's really wonderful about his story that people don't know is that he actually had a physical um, infirmity. He was crippled in a war, and so he just, he called himself a very clumsy man. He didn't move through the world, like, with the speed that so many of us admire and the, and the capacity, the physical strength and capacity. But he didn't see that as a limit. You know, he just accepted his life as it was and said, if I'm if I'm going to wash dishes, then I'm going to do that for Jesus. Yes, absolutely. How have you experienced transformation in your own life uh, after going through this process of studying and writing this book? Well, I can say that the end of the subtitle, you know, practicing peace, I think is something that is very new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just put very simply, I think I have more peace and less panic around time. 
And it's really interesting because, um, you know, whenever you launch a new project in the world, a new book or start something, you know, it's, it's often very busy. And so I think it's very curious that, of course, like one of my busiest times of life is releasing this book and talking about time. <laughs> and I realize, I mean, and other things have sort of happened. Some deadlines have been advanced on me where I realize I just don't know how this is going to get done. Mm. But I don't have as much panic about it as I as I used to. I just feel more surrendered to the Lord. Like, Lord, you give me my days. You give me the energy like, I'm relying on you, and if things go, don't get done, then, you know, I'll have to accept that. Or if they don't get done as perfectly as I would hope, then that'll have to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. I think we have to imagine ourselves, our lives, as like that little boy who gave his lunch to the disciples, who mm-hmm. then gave it to Jesus to multiply. Mm-hmm. And so when time feels scarce, you know, you just put it into the hands of Jesus, and you say, well, I think you can do good with this. And I know that your plans and your kingdom projects are far bigger than me. And so, and then, you know, one of the things about the book, too, is that I learning to belong to other people, learning to rely on other people for help. Again, the time management journey is the hero's journey. It's the individualistic kind of heroics. I can, you know, follow these strategies and become time savvy and accomplish all of these things. Well, that's not the human life. It's not the human life figured in the scriptures mm, where right. we're meant to belong to other people. And so that's another practice of peace is that I look to other people for help when I feel busy, when I feel overwhelmed, and I'm doing that right now. That's really Praise good. Yeah, that's really good. Well, the book is called In Good Time, Eight Habits for Reimagining rather, Productivity, Resisting Hurry, and Practicing Peace which Jen was just talking about. And Jen Pollock, uh, Michelle, is the author and our guest this morning. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. (laughs) We appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much. It was great.